dead time and came back alive With 22 inches all under the frame Keep a pocket full of brain Y'all niggas know the name Jesus like the drink Jesus like the smoke Jesus like the mix Arm and hammer with his coat Jesus at the trap Jesus like the grind Jesus by the paper Jesus like the shine Jesus like the drink Jesus like Hey, what's up, everyone? To another episode of South Streets from the Hip. It is November twenty seventh, ten forty four a.m. Yesterday was Thanksgiving. I had a a wonderful experience. You know, it was a much smaller than I've you know had historically. It was the first Thanksgiving that I've had in my entire life without my grandmother. Um, she's still alive, but you know because of COVID and everything. Um, we decided to not convene the way we would normally do. So, you know, kind of had to send my love virtually and it, it's, it was different and it wasn't worse. It was just, it was just different. You know, I, I enjoyed myself and we had a, a very small gathering, just me and my wife, um, and my parents low key, but having a much smaller group, you, you can kind of dig into some things you can really discuss some things better than you can when there's a lot of people there. And so we were able to, you know, uh, kind of work through some of our issues and, you know, just create a better situation for all of us going forward. I visited some friends of mine. Um, I saw my, my brother-in-law and my mother-in-law, you know, I did that, you know, individually as opposed to everybody all at once. Um, I enjoy myself. I, I, had plenty of food, had plenty of leftovers, you know, so I hope everyone was able to enjoy themselves. I hope everyone was able to get their feel, you know, get enough to eat, as my grandma would say. Uh, got, got a few things that I want to discuss. Uh, Jeezy and Gucci had their battle last week, and I, it, it was interesting. You know, the numbers that they did were bigger than the VMAs and the AMAs and several other award shows, which kind of speaks to um, black culture in that we can be successful on our own. It's not going to look the same. You know, it's not going to have the same type of feel to it, but we can make our own stuff and be successful with it. You know, I mean, these guys pulled up to magic city and put on a show and, um, tons of people tuned in. I feel like GZ won, but according to my highly accurate Twitter poll, uh, apparently uh, Gucci made one. And, you know, they kind of uh, have had a longstanding beef. Um, y'all can dig into it if you want to. You know, Google is at your disposal. I'm not really here to get into that, but more about um, what what it means for two people that don't necessarily like each other to kind of put those differences aside um, and do something for money and as a byproduct, do something for the culture. And I can appreciate that, you know. Um, people are here to make money, so I can't fault anyone for wanting to make some money. 
and I, I can appreciate, you know, having something to look at, you know, seeing people that are similar to us on stage doing their thing and giving us something to talk about. You know, the verses kind of came out of people being bored, people being at home, being stuck indoors. So if the quarantine has done anything positive, it's definitely been uh, bringing out the, the verses series. And I think what was special about it to me is uh, most of the verses have been between older um, artists with the exception of um, T-Pain and Lil Jon. And so, you know, having one that is music that I grew up with, you know, in the the early 2000s, um, it has made it much more enjoyable. And it's, this is not a dig at any of the other artists, just so most of them were before my time. And so it's hard for me to really appreciate their music because I didn't really grow up with it. You know, it existed while I was alive, but growing up with it is is different than it just being out there, you know. So um, I, I thought it was great overall. And it's, it's just crazy how such a, a low budget production can have way better viewership than uh, these award shows and whatnot. Speaking of award shows, we've got the Grammys coming up. The nominations have come out and there's been um, some controversy. You know, some of the issues that have been recurring since the beginning of time basically keep coming up. And that is um, first people of color being overlooked just in general. Uh, There are a lot of people who felt like Weekend was snubbed for Grammy nomination and those types of issues are pretty pervasive. We've had people with very public discourse um, explain you know, why they're upset. You know, why are black people being overlooked in a lot of these categories when they're doing the work, they're creating the music, they're creating the, the content and their stuff is doing numbers. And yet somehow they get overlooked for white counterparts a lot of times they don't even get the nominations, which means that you have no chance of winning if you don't get nominated. So it's it's an ongoing conversation. But I think another part of it is when black people do get recognized, they're shoehorned into either hip hop or R&B categories. And that's unfortunate because there are black artists who have done things well outside of hip hop or R&B. I mean, if we look at Lil Nas in particular, um, the fact that it's, it's a black guy, he's in the country category, like it was caused such an uproar because having black people not be stuck in one particular genre, it's hard for people to comprehend, you know? Um, it's problematic, I think, for a lot of people. And that's unfortunate. Because there are phenomenal artists of, of all types. Like, black is not monolithic. And people really need to stop trying to make it that way. Like, we're, we're not just rappers. We're, we're not just R&B singers. We can do everything. And yet, there is another wrinkle. So, historically speaking, black people have been excluded from a lot of white spaces 
And even when they're able to get into those spaces, they're often stuck into these very small boxes, very small categories. So in response, black people created their own. You know, we opened up our own schools. We opened up our own clubs. We've created our own award shows, you know. And unfortunately, most people don't give things like the BET Awards much credence. Like, no one really cares about the BET Awards, really. And that's white people and black people. So the question comes in, if we don't really hold our own award shows to, like, they don't carry much weight, they're not that valuable, then what are we supposed to do? Because we've got artists, we've got people that are out here trying to do the work and wanting to be celebrated because they're like, I'm successful. Like, I know that what I've done is worthy of this level of accolades. Yeah, I keep getting overlooked because I'm black, but I'm not really going to hold black award shows to the same regard as I would the Grammys or you know, the, the Tonys or the Academies or the other white-owned award shows. So I don't really know what the answer is because, unfortunately, a BET award doesn't carry any weight at all outside of the black community. Um, like White people don't really care that you got a, a BET award or, you know, any of the other uh, black award shows. So I don't really know what the answer is. Like, we're often stuck with these couple of categories. And so it's hard for people to break out and do something different. You know, we have so many artists out here that are not necessarily in R&B. They're not necessarily in hip hop. And they're often, there's a, you know, a glass ceiling that kind of prevents them from getting to the next level because they're not trying to come up in a particular lane. One of the difficulties though when people are coming up, you often have to take deals that are um, tend to be detrimental to your future if you become a hit, if you become a star, if you kind of break out. So for I'm not like a music industry expert. I'm not like um, a guru in these categories. But the basic premise is that most music artists don't make the company, their label, money. And that's not a dig at most music artists. That's just a fact. There's a handful that make money and they make so much money. It's, it's pretty fucking absurd uh, compared to most of the other ones who kind of just piddle out or whatever. Often the first deals that music artists takes um, will end up being pretty bad if they're a breakout star on the flip side if they're kind of so-so or they're not that good, those deals end up being fantastic. Um, and, and there are similar um, deals for other content creators. Like before you became that hit, before you became that person for real, you kind of have to take these lesser deals. Uh, recently, Dave Chappelle um, basically asked you know Netflix to um, and, and HBO uh, to stop. Uh, streaming his show because he doesn't own the rights to his show, the Chappelle show. Um, the Chappelle show is owned, you know, through Comedy Central by Viacom. And so because Viacom owns it, they can do whatever they want with it, whenever they want with it. And he doesn't get 
any of that revenue. He doesn't get any type of residual income from the show Dave Chappelle being uh, streamed from wherever. Netflix likes Dave Chappelle, and so they they took it off of their, their streaming platform. And it kind of like a show of solidarity. Uh, they probably don't necessarily even need it um, to keep their library up. But you have to wonder, like, if Dave Chappelle was kind of, um, he, he had to take a deal that because the show is successful, now the deal looks like trash. If the show had flopped, the deal would have been great. And that's kind of the risk that a lot of artists have to take. And it's also kind of the risk that a lot of um, these major corporations that that own things also have to take. Because if the show flops or if the music flops, they have to take a loss, more than likely. And so a lot of these deals seem terrible, but they only seem terrible because the person became successful. And for us on the outside, we don't really hear about the other dozens that flop, we only hear about the ones that were successful. So I think um, it's important for artists to do their best to, to gain ownership, at least in part of their content. But I think it's also important for us to recognize the, the risks that people take when they enter in these types of deals. Um, like everybody's trying to make some money. And if one person's putting up the capital, they want some type of, guarantee for you know a return on their investment and unfortunately when we're talking about content creation whether it's music whether it's stand-up comedy whether it's, it's a podcast a youtube channel etc it's no guarantee that's going to hit particularly when it's a relatively unknown artist like if beyonce puts out a song yeah it's going to hit but 15 years ago, that wasn't necessarily a guarantee. You know, if Dave Chappelle puts out a comedy special, it's going to hit. 20 years ago, that wasn't necessarily a guarantee. So I think it's um, it's important for us to try to look at things from, from everybody's perspective. Like a lot of people were upset. You know, Monique was upset because she felt underpaid by Netflix original offer. And the question is, which, how much would she have been worth? And I think from the perspective of Netflix, it's not a guarantee that a Monique special is going to hit. Now it might have, but they felt like it's not really guaranteed. We think this is what you're worth. And she strongly disagreed with them. So part of Monique's argument was Amy Schumer getting like 13 mil for her 2017 uh, stand-up special. At the time, 2017, um, whether you think Amy Schumer is funny or not, she was having a good year. She had been having a few good years. Her show Inside Amy Schumer, um, which was from 2013 to 2016, I believe. So she's just coming off of her show. Uh, She did a couple movies, so she was basically hot. Whether you like her or not is, is irrelevant. Um, her content was doing numbers. Like she was that girl for a brief moment and Netflix decided to pick her up 
And, you know, they ran with it. On the flip side, um, Monique hadn't really been the star of anything since 2009 when she did Precious. Now, she's been in some other movies here and there. Her last one, uh, the Christmas movie in 2016. She wasn't really the star of the movie. Like, she hadn't been the star of anything since Precious. And so... From their perspective, like Monique hadn't been that girl for a long time. And so they just didn't feel like she could bring in the numbers that they needed her to. It's not necessarily a jab at Monique. She felt like she was worth more. And I think it's fine for you to feel like you're worth more. I think as us, the the, the spectators, you know, looking onto these situations and seeing what's going on, like her lawsuit is still currently unresolved. Um, Netflix tried to get the lawsuit dismissed and um, the court found that um, we're not going to dismiss it. We're going to go through and well, he's going to have her day in court. But that lawsuit is not resolved. It's still going on. Um, It's interesting, though. I think people on the outside um, aren't really looking at the, the big picture. It came up again because of the Dave Chappelle's uh, comments when he was kind of asking Netflix to stop streaming or whatever. And a lot of people were supporting uh, Dave Chappelle, and some people felt like Monique didn't get that same support because she's a woman. But I feel like there's a couple of key factors being overlooked. One, Monique asked people to boycott Netflix. And it's like, boycott Netflix? Hold up. Like Netflix is giving me, you know, Orange is the New Black, Big Mouth. And it's like Monique hasn't given me anything in over 10 years. You want me to throw away premium content in exchange for what? Like you haven't given me anything. Dave Chappelle is like, just don't watch my show. Like he wasn't saying get rid of Netflix. He was just saying, just don't watch the Chappelle show because I'm not getting paid from it. And that just feels like a totally different situation. Because, one, he's not trying to stick it to Netflix. He's trying to stick it to uh, Viacom. You know, and Monique has a problem with Netflix uh, specifically. It's just a, a different situation, you know. Um, asking me to, to get rid of something that's been part of my life since, I don't know, a, a very long time now. I feel like that's asking people too much. Like, she felt like people weren't on her side because they didn't want to get rid of Netflix, but... Uh, is asking too much when Netflix hasn't wronged us. Like Netflix might have wronged you. It's debatable, but Netflix has, has done right by me. You know, they uh, keep pumping out new content and give me season after season, sometimes too many seasons, but we're going to leave that alone for right now. So I, I feel for her. And unfortunately, I think a lot of times, because of the way the world is, there are certain axes where people can feel pressure from because of gender, because of race. Sometimes we misidentify something uh, because we've been slighted because of something before. Like it's easy to feel like someone's being racist towards you when they're just being a generic asshole. Or, you know, they might feel like someone discriminating against me because I'm a woman um, and they're just being a dick, just a, a general one, like where it might not necessarily have anything to do with someone being a woman or not. 
Monique being a black woman, you know, it's kind of a double whammy. And I'm 100% for supporting black women. 100%. It's just a difficult situation because I, if it was me, I don't know how much I would have paid her. Like, I felt like 500000 is adequate for a single stand-up. Don't really know who is actually looking for Monique comedy. And that's probably the critical thing. You know, when Amy Schumer got her deal, um, people were still looking for Amy Schumer comedy. Now, obviously, she's kind of tapered off since then. But in 2017, um, she was it. And I just don't feel like anyone has been looking for content from Monique in a very long time. I hope you guys have a good weekend. You know, the end of the year is approaching. Man, you know, 2020, uh, it's been a year, for better or for worse. It has been a year. I'll stay safe out there. Yesterday, I'm